Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to take a brief moment to remind you that the doors are officially open to our signature program, Unfuck Your Biz, a step-by-step framework to get your legal and tax shit legit. Now, the doors are only open for a brief period of time, so make sure that you hop over to unfuckyourbiz.com for all the details. You're going to learn all about the six-step framework that we walk you through in the program, what's included, and how we can help you through this eight-week live cohort-based course. It's going to be amazing, and I hope to see you in the program. All righty, friends, welcome back. I hope you are having a fabulous day. I'm here with another student interview today with Stephanie Stewart. Stephanie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am good. You know, I'm a little frustrated because I feel like we just had a really great 10-minute conversation that we should have just recorded. <laughs> Why weren't we recording it? I don't know. I don't know. So we're just going to, we're going to have to, I'm just going to make you repeat everything that you already said. Slash. I'm going to listen intently and I'll be as witty and funny as I was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> well, start out by telling everyone um, where you're based and what your business does. I am based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm an interior designer. So we specialize in construction, new construction projects for commercial and residential projects. Beautiful. And how long have you been in business? I've been in business since 2017. So six years. Six years. And and I moved during that time. So I was three years in California and uh, we moved here to Arizona right before the pandemic, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say we could talk about how tough of a transition that was, but I know 2020, 2021 was like a huge industry boom for interior designers. So probably not a terrible time to build up a new market. Well, actually being in, being, having moved during that time, I was still working on projects in Utah where I lived before California Mm. and California. And so I was wrapping up those projects. So it was great. I was busy during that time, but it's been a weird transition this last year because my, you know, pipeline wasn't full here locally and the transition, you know, you're not out shaking hands and kissing babies during the pandemic. right? Right. But yeah, so it's been nice. I love Arizona. We have great contacts. We're we're getting busy again, and you know, it was it was a, a interesting move. Well, can you can you tell us just for context? Because I think this is super helpful for the audience. Hopefully, you don't mind being bold. Because we were talking about transparency and numbers before. Okay. Yeah. Do you mind telling the audience just like ballpark where your company is revenue wise right now? Uh, <laughs> revenue wise, no. <laughs> You don't want to share? No, I don't want to share. No, okay. <laughs> last last year was a challenging year for us, but um it was really it was really good being in the program because I was able to kind of slow down and I had a slower year and so I was able to really unfuck my biz last uh-huh, year uh-huh. because there weren't as many transactions. Okay, but you have a six-figure business, right? I do have a six-figure. You have a six-figure business, you don't have a seven-figure business. No, so I don't have a seven. That, figure. But I think I don't have is... a multi. So $100,000 I guess would be an average year for me. So sure, sure. I'm... 
yeah, we don't, there's no reason for us to be embarrassed about our numbers. Everyone has down years as well. It doesn't really matter. You don't need to tell us like exactly what happened, but just ballpark wise, because when we have these conversations, it's helpful for people to know, okay, well, did this chick like hire five employees when she had made $20,000 or is it down year for her a million? Like, you know, so just rough ballpark. That's helpful. Yeah. Okay. So you've been, I know you've been kind of like in my atmosphere for a little while. How did you, how did you originally find us? I originally found the podcast and I'm not quite sure how to be honest, cause it's been years. It's been a while, but the, you know, I've been kind of hanging around uh-huh. and I was listening to the podcast all the time and, you know, learning things because I really was insecure about my level of understanding with my accounting, because as an interior designer, we have services, we hire services, some things are sales tax, some things are use tax, there's goods, you know, that we're selling and reselling. And so there's kind of a lot to it. Right. Okay. Well, that's fun to know. Sometimes (laughs) to me, it's like, obviously I have listeners, right? Or I wouldn't continue the podcast, but it's still always so fun to me when I find people who discover the podcast and like actually enjoy it and still tune in. I know. I know how I found you. You were a, you were a guest on an interior design business podcast. Yeah. Like maybe okay. Kimberly Selden or the business of design. Well, yeah, business, business of design. Yes. Yes. So yeah. I think you were, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? It was uh, 2021 probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're yeah, essentially we ran, it may have been, yeah, I think it was 2021 because essentially, you know, I have a big niche in the wedding industry and in 2021, no one was buying my stuff because they were all like double and triple booked from COVID, right? Yeah. And designers were a little bit of the same as well, but we made we made a an intentional effort to start pitching ourselves uh, through other industries. And because I used to work at West Elm and I know like a handful of designers here and I don't know the design industry super well, but I know it, you know, better than most other legal and tax professionals. I was like, let's go down that rabbit hole. So how do you feel that was? Did you get a lot of interior designers picking up on it? I did. I did. I don't think we have like a big cohort of design folks now. The design, to be honest, Stephanie, the designers are kind of tough to work with because they have a lot of unique challenges. But then also, I think a lot of them are just like pretty disorganized too. <laughs> they they are disorganized? Yeah, they kind of like, I feel like a lot of the designers we've had, they they join the program and then they just kind of like half do some of the content and then we don't hear from them again, so. Are you talking about me? That's no. so rude, right to my face. No, because you're still, you're still here. You're here. I am still here, yes. Okay, so <laughs> you said that you went through one of, the, one of the, you originally went through Unfuck Your Biz, right? I did. So I didn't finish it though. So I'm going to admit that and I'm going to be one of your. Yeah, but which cohort were you in? Because the last one we did was we launched the last launch we did was spring 2021. Were you in that launch? It must have been because back then, back, back, back then in the old days, there were like two co-working calls a day or a week. week, week. It felt like a day. Sometimes it felt like there were two a day. That was the launch. I remember Jamie was in that launch. Were you in there with Jamie or um, Fabricator? Hi, Jamie, if you're listening. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I wasn't as paying attention. I was disorganized. I can be one of your stereotypical designers, but I got my <laughs> shit together. So I, you know, I, it's good. I'm doing it. I started a second business. I was able to use all of your spreadsheets and tools to like get that going and feel better. And you know, I, what's the second business? 
okay, my second business is that we are installers for this specialty decorative resin product called three form. Okay. So three form is actually a manufacturer of decorative resin. So think about if you went to the spa and there's that clear plastic that has like reeds pressed in it or leaves or uh -huh. less romantic, you go to Chili's and the sign says Chili's on it and it's red and whatever their colors are with right. the logo pressed in between that's product is three form. So, okay. We are, fun. I, I used to work there. So this is a fun case study then, because you can talk about what it's like to go through the framework, both as an experienced business owner, but then also with a brand new business. 100%. And having moved from California to Arizona, I didn't properly close. <laughs> Are you Do you remember my story? Uh, your, well, your story, but your story is similar to everyone else's. It's just a pain in the ass to switch your business. Switch it is. Things. And I didn't properly, and you know, California is a pain in the ass, you know, they'll get you for everything. So I didn't properly close my business in California. So I was paying for three years, that $800, whatever tax, tax just to yeah. be, just to be there. And I wasn't even there and I couldn't close, I couldn't get I, I couldn't close my business there because I didn't have my password and they were mailing it to the old address and all of these things I mean that you guys actually you know you didn't specifically help me work through but I was able to like take a breath and know I'm getting all this taken care of and so I just really need to focus on it and do one thing at a time and wait and do the next step and then wait you know so. yeah this is why we tell people when you move states you want to transfer your LLC like right away we call that domestication if your states allow it so people do it. It's expensive to not do it. And listen to Brayden. I say, listen, Brayden, I have to tell you one more thing about you not having a lot of designers. I went and I spoke at Scottsdale Community College yesterday to a bunch uh -huh. of interior design students. And I took your book and I said, okay, this isn't about interior design, but I want to share two things with you. This book. And I said, it's unfuck your biz. There's a podcast. Look at this book. If you are going to start a business or if you already have, get get Braden's book because they don't teach us about that in design school. And then the second one was the story brand book. But that's awesome. I love story brand too. Um, what do they all have to say about the book? Did they giggle at the title? Oh yeah, totally. They totally did. And the director guy, Mike, came in after it. I had the book laying on the counter and he's like, oh, hey. And I'm like, oh, don't worry about that. We were just looking at plans, you know, <laughs> I like covered up with some <laughs> blueprints, you know? <laughs> and then he's like, well, you know, 30 years ago, I, he's probably not listening, right? Well, you know, 30 years ago, you know, that wouldn't have been, but now it's probably pretty catchy. People probably like that. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He might not be listening, but many of his students might be now that you've told them to come and tune in. So I totally did. I was like, listen to this guy because you make it so easy and simple and you get mad at everybody else for things being complicated and not us for being dumb about it. So that's cool. Yeah. But like, why would all of you know any of this shit? Right? Yeah. Because we wouldn't need you if we did. And I like how you blame them and not us so that's cool too. right I mean like sure if like if you were required to have a degree in design to be a designer and if that degree required you to take an accounting course and a legal course then like maybe sure you should have the basics dialed in but no and the other thing I always tell people is honestly like law school like law school and my tax program didn't prepare me to be a business owner either because interestingly interestingly like it kind of skips over all of this stuff it just kind of assumes like oh well that that stuff's like easy so we're going to teach you like complex corporate like tax structures and i'm like For sure no mary i just need like i need to teach this like solopreneur how to like track their receipts and pay their quarterly taxes that's mm -hmm. where we're operating here 
Right. Totally. There's it's, it's so like easy stuff is hard. I say this all the time, Like easy stuff is hard. Like, because I think maybe you're right. People just gloss over it and no one explains it to you because they think you already know. And then you're, you're down the road and you're just super screwed up. Yeah. I, I would, I feel like it may be a good analogy would be, um, like trying to teach interior decorating when you're an interior designer. It's like, okay, let's just, let's focus on like color palette and maybe, maybe like the, um, what's the word I was going to say workflow, but you know what I'm talking about? Floor planning. Is that, is that? Yeah. The space plan and how space, things function. Yeah, space planning and, you know, basic color theory and paint color and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I might've um, lost a few students there because I was like, we're not decorators guys. Like this is serious. You, you build this, you know, you draw, it was a drafting class, a CAD class. I said, if you, if you draw it wrong, it's going to get built wrong. And if you don't figure it out on paper, they're not going to be able to do it. And I told them about a project that I had where another designer got fired because she didn't have all the details. And they called me in like, Stephanie, we need your help, you know, figure, you know, finish this up for us. Uh -huh. And then I realized that I had not, I, we built this whole house in Utah. I was living here in Arizona. I had never even been on site. And I'm like, that's how well you need to be able to read plans. I have never been to this house and it's built, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, Thank well, you. Maybe I you appreciate can... that. I appreciate that, that you know that we're not decorating. My dad calls me a decorator, so. Well, because I've I've had friends tell me, because I really like design, right? And I've had mm -hmm. I've had friends who don't know anything who yeah. told me like, maybe you should be a designer. And I'm like, maybe that'll be my next career. But I was like, I don't want to be a designer. I was like, I would be a decorator. I don't want to be a designer. But you but you've done such a good job in your house. You used to have your stuff in your right. You know, but I'm not I'm like I'm not drawing. I don't I don't want to learn how to use software and I yeah. don't like I don't want to learn how to I don't want to have I just want you to like give me the credit card and like I'll go shopping and I'll buy cute shit and I'll pick out your wall colors, right? So you're hired for my assistant on my styling. So when the job's <laughs> done and built, I'm gonna send you shopping. You're gonna pull out of there with all the shopping carts and all, you know, shuffling bags around and you can chop the pillows, but you've got to chop the pillows. Oh, that's so stupid. I hate that. Um, but I know that ever I, so I, you know, I worked furniture retail, like I, yes. So I, the dumb pillow chop anyway. Um, I just decided that instead, my, my goal now is to flip my first house when I'm 40 and then I'll just get to like flex that muscle, like on my own properties. And I won't yeah. have to take anyone else's opinions into consideration because I always thought of this, we're getting a little off topic here, but I think okay. this is fun and interesting. What I can't do. And this is where I think a professional comes in to me, like designing outside of your own aesthetic. Oftentimes I feel like I'm, in, I'm intentionally making something look bad. What do you mean? Like if someone hires me, if someone hires me and they're like, I want my house to be farmhouse. And I'm like, okay, well, let me just go pick okay. out everything that I think is ugly and you're going to like it. Like that's essentially okay. what your job is. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. That is, that is our job. That is our job sometimes. Like but that. And I also, I hate, like, I hate glam style, but I think there's a good way to do it and a bad way to do it. But I'm like, ever, I throw up a little bit every time I walk past a Z gallery, which if there's anyone listening who really likes that, knock yourself out. But I don't need mirrored surfaces like all over my own home. Okay. Okay. But here's the deal. 
this, this is, this is the job. <laughs> this is the design job is to make that look good as good as possible. Right. So you have somebody who has traveled all over the world. So they have some Japanese stuff. They've got some, you know, English teacup thing, you know, they've got all this weird stuff that doesn't go together. Well, now you're a professional or I'm a professional and I need to make this go together. And so that when you walk in you're not like, this is a hodgepodge, what in the hell sure. you bring it together. And so you do the best and also you give them your professional opinion that something else would be better you know yeah you yeah just, but i think it. are there not any designers out there who really take the approach of like my niche is like these three specific design styles and that's all i do okay well i so the, because the, for some because for some reason I think designers always say, well, a design professional should be able to make anything look good, and I'm like, but that's not how every other industry works, right? Like a lot true. of other industries, you hire someone with a niche because you want that particular aesthetic or design style or whatever. But designers don't really like to take that approach. I also like I watch a lot of the design YouTube channels, right? And mm -hmm. I love people in the comments that are like that are like, well, design is subjective. So people should just do what they want. And it's like, okay, well, people do do what they want, but then their house looks hideous. And that's when they're like, so oftentimes you need a professional to tell you what looks bad <laughs> because you don't know what looks bad until after you've already done it. Oh, okay. So maybe, so, so let's talk about the niche thing. Yes. Plenty of designers do their own niche. I mean, look at, right. Like Chip and Joanna Gaines, they have a look, you know, they did the place, right? I, I like people can't see what we're looking at here, but I have teal and gold brocade wallpaper behind me. Uh -huh. I've got an Ormolu frame, you know, with a cheetah and it's all the things, all the places is my personal design style. You see the red, I've got wallpaper on the ceiling in my house. I mean, literally all, all the chairs match the drapes. I made them. I want it that way, but not everyone wants it that way. And for me, I like to see how much better people and ha how much happier people are in their space once it's functioning. And, you know, we've made some of those tweaks. Like, I know you like all these weird things, but let's just do half of the weird no, things. Dial it back, dial it back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Talk no, it's fine. Time. We could talk, we could talk about that all day, but you know, like I just basically, <laughs> I want my house to like, look like a CB2 catalog mostly, but you do, also you do. It does. You went, you win, you win. And I want my house to look like an antique store that is yeah. like the bougiest, you know, all of this, like, I think that animal prints are neutral. I yeah. want people to agree with me and comment and whatever animal prints are neutral. Boom, everywhere. <laughs> my problem, we'll have to talk about this more offline, but my problem is, is like, I, I was like, I love CB2, but then also we have a fairly like traditional, it's kind of like a craftsman house, right? Right. So I was like, I don't want to look, look too modern, but then you see, you do see all of the, like the photos of like the Lenny Kravitz line furniture and like the old houses and it looks great. Yeah. But where I made a mistake is I got a metal coffee table and a metal side table and it just doesn't work. So I got to replace those. So I'll take your tips on that after the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. You'll walk me around your house. Yeah. Next. Okay. So back to unfuck your biz. Yeah. That I'm was, sorry. no, you're fine. I think I got us down that road. Hopefully you all enjoyed that. We're, we're <laughs> not going to, we're not going to cut it out. If, so, you, if you want all the things and all the places, design styles, Stewart Sign Coast, Phoenix, Arizona. Wait, don't you have your own podcast? I do. My podcast is launching in May. Oh, okay. So it's coming. I, I put out the trailer a while right. ago and I'm recording the 
Perfect. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes because people okay. can hear more about design there, right? Yes, totally. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. What's the title going to be? Your favorite interior design podcast. Beautiful. So search it. This is going to come out. This episode will come out in May. So it might be ready when people. It, ready it'll be episode. ready. And the cover of my podcast is my wall that I just described in my office. So beautiful, beautiful. Okay. So you were in Unfuck Your Biz. Mm-hmm. Um, you left us for a little while, but then you came back and rejoined us. What prompted you to decide like, oh, I really need to get back into this program? Because because I'm still listening to the podcast. And the reason that I left in the first place is because I felt like I didn't have time to really take advantage of it. And uh-huh. again, there was the two co-working calls every day. So I joined Profit RX because I felt like I'm so close. I got, you know, a good, good baseline in the first time around. And I'm like, I really want to, I, I really want to understand this. I really want to understand it. Good. That's why. Good, good, good. So how's that been going? It's great. I love it. Also, you packed it full of bonuses and this is going to sound like you paid me or something, which I would love you <laughs> you to do. You know, I would like to be in that profit report, you know, one of those revenue. We have an affiliate stuff. program, you know. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, I should have put the link in the class speech yesterday, but we have the bookkeeper, you know, Connie's amazing. Bree's amazing. You know, it's so nice to be able to Voxer and ask a question and get support. She, you, you did QuickBooks this time. I think before you were, you weren't doing QuickBooks and I was in QuickBooks. So I was a little bit, you know, unsure about that, but it's, there's no, there's nothing missing. If I have a question, I get an answer and it's a good answer. And I understand it. I'm not, you know, I understand it. Good. So do you message Brie with questions on Fridays? I, I do message Brie with questions. Yes. So what kind of questions have you asked Brie? Uh, how to classify things in QuickBooks. You know, I made a mistake. She undid it for me. You know, <laughs> So uh, she just, she just logged into your, she got access to your QuickBooks account and just fixed it for you. Totally. I gave her, well, I said, would it be easier for me to xyz or she goes or i can just undo it and then she goes i can explain it to you after but please undo it so i mean i literally <laughs> spent i literally spent like an hour balancing my books what was i doing i was doing reconciling the reconciling yes yeah but i started off wrong and i just was like okay just accept it you know so whatever happened it's long story yeah short. we need to do a much better job promoting that because well, i mean what we're talking about here everybody is brie is brie does the taxes and the bookkeeping for our law firm clients and she also is available inside of our program so when we launch unfuck your biz she'll primarily be helping everyone set up their accounts but then if you stick around in the alumni membership you can add us as your accountant on the account, which is probably what you did, Stephanie. And then every yes. Friday during our office hours, if you're like, I have this issue, like theoretically, Bree's supposed to teach you how to correct it. But oftentimes she teaches you, but she also just like goes and fixes the problem. <laughs> well, she, no, she did teach me, but I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need, should I do this now? I, you know, I'm doing this. And she's like, I'll, she said, I'll undo it and I'll explain it to you tomorrow. It's yeah. literally exactly what happened. And that is, uh, we had also, what what else was a bonus? Whatever. We had a call with her. And it well, was I know that up. your 30 minute intro call with Connie went like an hour and a half. And I was like, Connie, you are not invoicing me for this hour and a half long intro call. She wasn't supposed to tell you. I'll pay her. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, we had such a good time. I, I can't even, I don't even know why we were on the phone for so long, but we talked about Enneagram. We talked about, I mean, I'm not advocating this 
guys, but I'm just saying everybody's so great and fun and friendly and helpful. Right. Yeah. So I got what I needed, but also we had fun. Yeah, no, she knows. She knows you get you get a 30 minute intro call. And if you all want to hang out after that, that's just off the clock time. You can be friends. You can be friends, just be friends after the 30 minutes. <laughs> be friends off the clock. Yeah. Sure. Be off the clock. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe she told you that was supposed to be between us. I'm gonna have to have I mean, my team tells me everything. I know stuff. <laughs> I think I know, I'm, I'm sure, sure they don't tell me everything. I'm sure I don't know a lot, but it's always no. good. To, I was, I was actually just talking to, um, I did another interview before this one and I said, hiring a team has been like the best thing I've done in my business because we're able to, I'm able to pack so much more value into the programs now. And I even Stephanie, I just posted on indeed yesterday to hire an attorney to come and work for us. So that's, that's going to be awesome. fantastic. So we'll be able to do even more legal work. Um, but I was like, the only downside to it thus far has been like, I don't see everyone as often. So yeah, I'm like, are people all oh, message Connie? Are people coming to co-working? Like are people getting stuff done? And then I interview you all on the podcast and hear all the great things that you've been doing. Uh, but meanwhile, like when Connie's running the group call, like I'm doing one-on-one calls. So, you know, right. but it's nice. We're able to help more people and a shorter amount of time and all that. Well, but you have such a good team and then you're there, your captive audience, right? For all your ideas. So <laughs> yes, did Connie tell you that too? No, no, you said it one time on the podcast. I was just Yeah, we do a we do a, um, I force them all to come to a weekly team meeting, but they all don't mind because it's it's actually really nice. They've said that they really like that they know what everyone else on the team is working on. So they're not just in their own silo. Um and I even have like a, a previous contractor who does much more limited work at a higher hourly rate. I told her she couldn't come to our weekly team meetings anymore. So I was like, I don't want to pay you a hundred dollars an hour just to like sit and listen. But that contractor was like, I miss it because it's like having my own coworker, my own coworkers. So, so now she's, a, she's volunteering her time to come to the team meeting just so she can be part of the group. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, this was where I, I basically offered, I was like, I'll pay you this hourly rate for team meetings if you really want to come. But I was <laughs> like, I'm not going to pay your full contractor. Like when I hire an attorney, you know, that's going to be a much higher hourly rate than like a general VA or something. So it's like, I'm not going to want to, because now I'm at the point where I have like six, seven people come to, coming to weekly calls. So if our half an hour call turns into a one hour call, like in my mind, that's costing me like 200 more dollars, 300 more dollars. <laughs> But think about the value that you're providing to these people's lives that they're no the second half an hour is always just gossiping and i don't need to like pay people for that you know we're like talking about you know you like usually industry gossip stuff we see on instagram all that yeah for sure yeah 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 okay well what are you what what's your goal in the program now you got your bookkeeping set up you're doing quickbooks right did you get your cash flow set up well i have the two businesses so i do quickbooks for one because i'm an s corp on the interior design and uh-huh. the new business i am just using the spreadsheet and that's another thing that's been super helpful is because my new business is is an llc and not an s corp mm-hmm. and so there's different tax deductions right that you can do for the different one you know like the i can have my kids work in my interior design business and file samples and open mail and, uh-huh. you know, do those things, but not in, or in the LLC, I can have them do it, but not in the S corp or whatever, you know, just some weird. Yeah. You like can have them do it in both. The taxes are just a little bit different depending on oh, how you Okay. Do it. So anyways, you but know, that's and, a great question for Brie, by the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, but then also the, the new business is very simple and the transactions are larger and, you know, individual and they happen fast. So anyways, 
the spreadsheet works for that. And then the QuickBooks works for that. So right now what I'm working on is being account, being held accountable on mm -hmm. the co-working calls on Tuesday and to keep my books up to date. And I don't have a financial Friday routine like that I actually <laughs> do every Friday. Uh -huh. So I'm, I'm probably, you know, I want to get better at that. Well, you know, today is Friday. So is that on your to-do list? It, it is now it's yeah. right now, right here. I did mine this morning. So I did my bookkeeping catch up. I've been doing mine every day. So that was quick. And then I paid off my credit cards and mm -hmm. I got to check on a couple invoices. And that's my 15 minute finance Friday routine. Well, that's the whole thing about it is when you do it on going basis, it's not hard and it's not doesn't take a lot of time. And so right. that's my and we were talking we were talking about earlier before we hit record, we were talking about doing projections and how we want to talk yes. a lot more about that in the program. Well, you're not going to get very good at doing business projections if you are not regularly looking at your numbers and setting business goals and thinking about invoices, outstanding invoices coming in, peaks and valleys in business and all that kind of stuff. Well, and 100%, I have, I, I wasn't looking at, listening to you do the profit reports is super helpful because you talk about your different revenue streams, right? And so as an interior designer, I've always just thought I have furniture, you know, or goods and I have services. So I do mm -hmm. design time and I have services, but that's not true. In my services, I have different packages. And so I've never broken, but prior to paying this much attention to my finances on a regular basis, I've never broken out. How much, you know, am I making from consultations? How much am I making from a designer in a day package and how much from a full interior design package, right? And so to do the projections, I can think, okay, you know, when we do a full interior design new construction project, you're working on, I'm working on one project at a time and, you know, you're at different phases of the project. And so it's, I'm able to do projections and say, okay, I want to do, you know, four more consultations this, this month or whatever. And so have I've you never had any, have you had any revelations since you started breaking it down that way? Like, do you make more in certain areas than you realized and less in others? I do. Yeah. And, and so for example, my designer for a day package, a lot of people, a lot of designers do that. It's a six hours of kind of intensive hands-on design time. And I thought that that was going to be a huge hit for my audience and it hasn't been. So it's been really interesting where I put a lot of energy into creating the system and creating the welcome packet and making sure I had everything dialed in for it. And it, it hasn't, it hasn't really taken off. So yeah. it's been interesting to, to see that. Right. So it gives me more information on where to even focus my time. And so do I want that to be a big deal? It's not my favorite thing to do. So no, you know, yeah, so you're going to, you're going to scrap it. That, but the other thing is, if that's something that like doesn't take you that much time and you really enjoy it, then you can spend more time thinking like, well, do I need to tweak the offer? Or do I just need to tweak the messaging? Right. And well, then you can 100%. It. Yeah. And it makes you really think, do I enjoy doing it? Or, you know, is that my sweet spot? Well, I love new construction. So that's really the designer for a day package is more of a decorating package. Yeah. The best part about it is that people get a quick win. And so it's really impactful for the client and that's really fun to watch, but the actual work of decorating for me is not as much fun as, you know, yeah. looking at construction. Documents. Yeah. So that, that's a case where like, if it doesn't sell that well, you just scrap it. But if it's like, if it did sell that well and it's profitable, but you don't really want to do it, it's like, well, can I hire someone to do it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so for we keep sure. it, we keep it just, that's what I'm doing. So with the attorney I'm hiring right now. It's our legal membership is starting to take off. We have like, I think 18 or 19 folks in there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the reviewing contracts all the time. That's what people really want. And that's great. But it's um, it's a lot of, what do they call that? Context shifting. What's, you know what the word I'm looking for? When you're like nope. doing one thing and then you have to like pivot to do another thing. Like going yeah. back and forth on contracts, that's a big thing for me. So if I can hire someone to do that piece for me, then it's going to free up so much mental space for myself to, you know, focus on our students more and focus on the book and the podcast and everything else. Well, and I always say like, you know, a hairdresser, right? Your hairdresser can do color. They can do cuts. They can do styling, but, but should they do it all? Do they like to do it all? You know? Mm-hmm. So they have someone else wash your hair. Cause they don't like touching people's, you know, massaging the scalp, whatever. But you know, that's the same, same concept is that yeah. just cause you can do it doesn't mean you should be doing it. Yes. Very true. Um, speaking of, I need to get a haircut today. <laughs> Putting that on my to-do list. <laughs> Okay, so bookkeeping setup. You got did QuickBooks for one business, spreadsheet for another business. We are actually updating our QuickBooks course right now, so that'll be ready for the new launch, which is fun. Um, what are you doing for your cash flow process? Are you automating your tax savings, doing all that good stuff? I do profit first, so I do the tenth and the twenty fifth. I've still kept that process. I should nice. probably make it my every other Friday, part of my financial Friday. But uh-huh. I still do all of the transfers, and I have five separate bank accounts. I nice. I set that up, you know, beforehand. That was another draw too for me in the program is that you did, you know, you advocate, you know, some of that stuff too. And I had just learned about it. Yeah, people need physical separation of their money. I found with the vast majority of our students, the profit first system is like too far. It's too extreme. It's too many accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's why we do like, we do the reserves now and make it automated, which helps a lot of folks, which I have Novo. I do have, are you still using Novo? Are you still? Yeah. yeah. So I have Novo for my second business. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful too, because again, that's a smaller revenue stream or portion. And so I don't need to go the full robust way of getting five. I mean, it is a lot of work to get five bank accounts and then they send you the stack of paper and you got to keep track of all the numbers and oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. And I had like, you know, under that system, you zero out certain accounts and my bank was supposed to waive the minimum balance fees, but they didn't. And then I ended up getting a ton of overdrafts and then I got late fee. I got late fees, the overdrafted. No, it was, I had minimum balance fees and then the minimum balance fees overdrafted, overdrafted my account. And then they charged me overdraft fees. It was absurd. That's so awful. Yeah, it was terrible. And this was after, like, I even talked to them. I was like, this is what we're doing. Like, this is the purpose. Like, Mm -hmm. I actually help people set this all up. So if you waive the minimum balance fees, I will actually send you clients. And I had like four students go to this bank. Uh, I don't know if they ended up having problems, but I was pissed, as you can imagine. Well, and it just makes such a difference having the savings for the taxes. And I mean, it seems like a no-brainer, right? But who does it on a regular basis and... That was a game changer for me is something that I did do the first time I was in the program that I really made sure I was doing the separating the percentages out. And so that was a real big quick win for me, even though I didn't finish the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, And you did, did you go through the LLC steps for your second business? The blueprint? Yes. What did you do? How did you form the LLC for your first business? I don't know. I winged it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, was, it was 2017. Who knows what, who knows what I did? Okay. But okay. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
know. Okay, but I'm gonna assume based on the fact that California came after you for all these franchise taxes that like your setup system the first time around like wasn't perfect. Well, I yeah, probably yeah, most likely. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I would be nervous all the time. Like I didn't know what I didn't know. And I would always be thinking, what am I gonna what notice am I gonna get? Or, you know, because I would get the use tax notice and I'd be like, Well, I didn't have any sales, you know, why do I need to do a do oh, but you've got to file every quarter, you know. So I had to set all of right once I went through your program, I learned all that, but I didn't know why I was getting all this stuff because yeah. Also, you say sometimes like, don't pay for extra stuff you don't need because there's all those scam websites that are trying to get you to pay to fill out the form, you know, and I probably did. I probably paid to fill out the form when the next time around you just yeah. fill the form yourself because you got to fill out the form for them to fill out the form. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's no fun. You didn't have any back taxes when you joined though, did you? Other than the franchise tax? No, just the franchise tax. Yeah. Okay. So. We got to get, I don't think any of the student interviews we booked have um, back taxes. So we got to get some of those folks on the podcast. Not that they're like super eager to talk about their back taxes, but I need to, I need to like prove the point that about a quarter, a good quarter of our students like owe the IRS some money. So if you're listening and you're in that position, totally normal, relatively it, speaking. Well, it is normal. I mean, I think that that franchise tax, I didn't even know about it for two years. So the first two years that I got it, I just got a big $1,600 bill instead of two $800 bills. Yeah. And then I was already too far into the third year to not get it for the third year. So mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So everyone got to pay attention to those franchise taxes. Stephanie, we, we should start, we should start to wrap it up here. Okay. Um, give me a good sound bite that we can use on our testimonial page for the people that are listening. Why would you tell them they should consider joining Unfuck Your Biz when it opens? People should consider joining Unfuck Your Biz when it's open because Brayden and his team make it really easy to understand. And you say things in layman terms and you make things simple and you strip it down really easily. Like I love all of the decision trees, right? The graphics are great. The worksheets <laughs> are great. I mean, seriously, you're you're smiling. People can't see that if they're just listening. You're laughing at me, but it really is. You make it so simple, but also it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just smiling because <laughs> it's good to hear. Like, it's good to hear, right? Because I'm sitting here. I'm at Starbucks for like seven hours a day creating our program textbook for literally months on end. Thinking yeah. like, is anyone even fucking reading this? To be honest, yes, but, so I made you. Hear. Do you remember that I I made you? I influenced you. I motivated you to record the book on audio. Okay, so you're gonna love this because we have. So I I don't think you know this, but our textbook we're, we're actually shifting up. We're, we're changing the way that we're doing things with the new launch. Okay. So the textbook doing it in Canva was just way too much work because I had to do multiple Canva documents, manually number all the pages, put it together. Okay. You have talked about the page number so many times. It's hilarious. And I'm sorry. It stresses me out. So here's, <laughs> this is what we decided to do because all of the, you know, like my book book, my book book yes. comes from our course textbook. It just doesn't have all the material in it. Right. So we took most of the material that was in our course textbooks and we mm -hmm. added it into my actual book, which is why we did a new third edition. So you saw mm -hmm. us promoting that like a month ago. Yeah. And so now our regular book is becoming the program book as well. And so our supplement document is just going to be the worksheets that are not included in the book. So instead of having like two 400 page textbooks, we're just going to have like my nice, cute little book and then like a 100 page like visual supplement. 
it, it's a, it's perfect. It really is because there's so many exceptions and weird nuances and you're super careful about saying, Hey, double check your state. Not like in a, not like in a crappy COA kind of way, but yeah. like, Hey, everything's different everywhere. So really be careful here. Or, you know, these are yeah. Well, and stuff changes, right? So I just yeah. had, we just did an LLC formation for a client and I had on her compliance calendar that she needed to pay her franchise tax that we were talking mm -hmm. about this year. And she Googled it, like we told her to, you know, and she's like, oh, well, my state still has like a COVID waiver for it's you're free for the first year up through the end of 2023. And I'm like, oh, well, every year they keep ex expanding it like one more year, you know, like they did with student loan um, right. forbearance and everything else. So yeah, that's yeah. why it's always good to double check those things. Yes. So, yes. I mean, do you, do you need more? I mean, really, like I came back. Oh, no, I don't, we don't, I think we got, I think we got all the compliments we need unless there's something else you're really itching to say. Okay. I do want to say one more thing Okay. It, because it's stressful not knowing and so I was always kind of worried, like, what am I missing? What don't I know? Even handing it over to the CPA to do the taxes, if I didn't know what she was doing, but I knew I was ultimately responsible. So right. I'm saying it, it, it really does give me peace of mind. And, you know, I don't know, you're, you're going to walk out of here with your head so big, you're not going to be able to walk through the door. You know, your husband's going to murder me, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you appreciating it and I appreciate you being a student. So okay. Stephanie, you know that we have our Facebook group, Brayden's Besties. If our listeners are not one of our besties, they need to go join. But if they want to become one of your besties, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way for them to do that is to follow me on all platforms is at Stuart Design Co. And it's S-T-U-A-R-T Design Co. So Beautiful. Yeah. We will put that in the show notes along with your podcast. Thank yep. you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey there. Before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.